Welcome to Friarside Chats. I'm your host, Emma Miller, here with my favorite Friar, my favorite Friar Mike. Thank you. I'm glad you remember my name. Emma. I didn't want to hurt Father Bread's feelings and say my favorite Friar. Oh, you know, or that's, Friar Manny. That's true. Or, you, all the other Friars that you've come to know recently, as you've you know gotten to know more and more Friars. Yes, thank you for not. Uh, although making... I may have just alienated like half of the Friars because half of you guys are Mike. We are. When in doubt, say Mike. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Weren't you uh, ordained with two other Mikes? Yes, there were three of us ordained. We were all named Michael. <laughs> it's hard for the bishop to not remember who who he was ordaining. <laughs> That's amazing. But yes, we're here for another great episode of Friarside Chat. Yes. Um, we're going to talk about what the heck is the Bible. Yeah. Maybe I shouldn't have said it like that. Yeah, maybe not. What is the Bible right. and how can we like make the most use of it? Awesome. Holy Scripture. It's exciting. Holy Scripture. Yes. I have a question. When sure. you write, like, I'm going to read some scripture. Scripture, is it a capital S? I think it's, when it's a proper name, certainly. If you're if you're talking about scriptures generically, because there are other religious traditions mm. that have holy writings, which is basically what script scriptures refer yeah. to then it would be a small s but when you're when you're speaking about the bible if you you would say scripture with mm. a capital s okay i didn't know that until recently evan of course taught me and evan is just very known. a font he's yes. a font of he wisdom he's a font of wisdom yeah very lucky to have evan but yeah so um I guess should we should, should we start off talking about the Bible? What what it isn't? Maybe what some misconceptions are right. about the Bible? Yeah, you know I think um, the the scriptures first of all um, we're we're in a holy place uh, anytime we talk about God's word, mm. you know, and so um, the tendency for humanity in in our brokenness is to use uh, God's word in, in ways that maybe God never intended his mm. words to be used, much the same way how you and I can be misquoted all the time, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and, and so it, it's just a, and, and oftentimes it's not intended, but um, a lot of times scripture gets used as a, as a proof text, you know, mm-hmm. in other words, when we want to prove things, mm-hmm. we go to scripture and we find a passage and we say, see, it says it right here, yeah. um, where that's really not uh, the uh, the scriptures that that we as as Catholics understand scripture to be. It's not supposed to be a proof text. It's God's living word. Mm-hmm. It's God's living encounter with us. Um, and much the same way, you or I are not you know some proof of something to someone else. You know, we are. You know, we're more than that. And so the scriptures have so much more to offer us than than simply some way to be used as proving this thought or that. And so I think the one way in which scriptures um, get misused mm-hmm. is by trying to use them as a proof. So I think it's good to maybe start by saying that's not a good place to go. Is it true that the scriptures that we know a lot because of what the scriptures say, absolutely. And so that teaches us incredible amounts without a doubt. Uh, but there's a difference between being taught by God's word and using it as some sort of proof, mm-hmm. uh, which is certainly, that's not its intention. It's God's living word. And as such, uh, we revere it in a very, very special way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I also, um, I think this is something I've only come to understand in the past uh, few years or so, but you talking about uh, 
scriptures, God's living word. Um, there were times when, you know, I would hear a gospel passage being read at mass or like we'd be discussing it in small group and I'd be like, oh, I've heard this one a million times. I'm not going to get anything new from it. And now I'm realizing that is like, that is a huge misconception about scripture too. Like it's the living word. It's, it's transforming, like the words are the same, but the way that they like touch our hearts and our minds, like each time we hear or read them is very different. Um, sure. Think about every encounter that you have with an old friend. <clears throat> mm-hmm. You know, if, you know, you see an old friend again, is your first impression to say, this person has nothing to say to me today <laughs> because we've known each other for so long and I know what she's going to say or I know what he's going to say. And so I really don't even have to be present to this person mm-hmm. in this moment because I know everything about him or her or mm-hmm. everything that they're going to say. Who does that, right? In every encounter, especially with an old friend, there's a warmth that says, I desire to be with you more and yeah. I'm going to listen to what you have to say. And sometimes there is that temptation to say, to hear what that old friend has said to you through the same old lens. But no, the scriptures, um, as any good, healthy relationship, if we're open in the moment, it can be transformational. And that's where uh, I think you get that sense of the living word of God when a passage that you you could almost or you can relate verbatim mm-hmm. strikes you in a new way yeah. or a, a one word in, in a phrase that, oh my gosh, I, I, I didn't I didn't know that was there, mm-hmm. even though I've heard myself say it 300 times, yeah. you know, that that there's uh, there's newness about mm-hmm. the living word. Um, it's it's ever, ever fresh, certainly. Yeah, I um. I feel like another uh, common, I don't know if it's a complaint or maybe just misunderstanding about those, like, I mean, I don't think I fully understand what it means that it's, like, divinely inspired. Right. Um, you know, clearly men had to write it at some point. So can you, can you clarify that a little bit, please? Sure. You know, I, I think if we, uh, if we begin by recognizing that each and every one of us as uh, – uh, as people who have been um, impacted in our baptism, certainly where mm-hmm. our who we are has been changed by by God's grace, we realize that we're capable of doing things that are beyond us, mm-hmm. you know, in a spiritual way, but that has real tangible effects in our daily live, you know, our daily lives. So, the the point in reflecting on that first is that. Do we believe that God's grace can take who we are and the characteristics of all that we are with our, um, you know, our height, our weight, our uh, sexuality, our, our uh, culture, and all the things that make us who we are, mm-hmm. do we think that he can do something that's uh, unique and holy through us? And we all say, absolutely. If we take that concept and apply it to the... God trying to reveal himself mm-hmm. to us through us in our past. Yeah. And that's what the divine authors did. They they were open to God's grace at work in them and allowed themselves to be used mm-hmm. for God's word to speak. And as we know, you know, um, much of the scriptures were first transmitted orally. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it was this story that 
or this life experience that was, you know, lived by the prophet Jeremiah, you know. And so it was only much later that after it was retold by, you know, generations of people reflecting on Jeremiah's life, that finally those stories of his, of God's grace working through mm-hmm. him were actually written down. But the, you know, the, the authorship of that used human, real human beings yeah. and, their, and their quirks and their personalities are all a part of it. We read Paul's letters. Right and <laughs> yeah. and you get Paul's personality yeah, you really just do. so strongly mm-hmm. in in Paul's letters. So how do we believe that God used Paul? Was did did Paul just you know somehow absent himself from his own body or from his own <laughs> personality and just become the the, the divine you know mm-hmm. uh, revealer you know of God's word through some separate me? No, uh, we get you know God using. Paul and all of Paul's, you know, quirkiness sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, so that sense of um, inspiration coming first through an oral tradition in much of scripture and then someone actually writing it down. But we, we, we believe in, in, in the Catholic faith that uh, the Holy Spirit was at work yeah. in the midst of that whole process. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you and I have you know, we've had experiences like that where we didn't control every dynamic of something, but when we allowed the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. to be at work, we've seen something far greater than we could have imagined yeah. come out as a result. And that's really, that's really what the scriptures are. Mm. Okay, that really that does help clarify for me. And and it like, like with a certain number of things in our Catholic faith, it I feel like a lot of it comes down to trust too. Like sure. You know, you got to trust that the Holy Spirit is at work and that, yeah. Uh, it, they don't call it faith, you yeah. know, for just no <laughs> yeah, reason. Yeah, faith because you can prove it. That's, that's right. That's, that's right. called science. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> you know, it, we believe that yeah. this is the living word of God. We mm-hmm. believe that the scriptures are inspired. Mm-hmm. You know, I, 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 can't, I can't prove that to you yeah. in the way that, as you say, science might want proof. Mm-hmm. I, and so any engagement with the scripture has to be an act of faith. Can I show you great evidence of the efficacy of belief in this divinely inspired word? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. We've got thousands of years mm-hmm. of people who their belief in that has transformed not only their lives but the life of the world. Mm-hmm. And and I, I think, you know, that serves as proof enough. Mm-hmm. But we also can say, you know, we can see proof of it being abused, oh, right? Yeah, certainly. Right. Sure. So I mean, that 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 we can't not acknowledge that at the same time. Mm-hmm. You know, that um, just by claiming ourselves under the banner of faith <laughs> doesn't necessarily guarantee that we're going to uh, be following God's word. Yeah, for sure. So uh, for someone who, I'm. Like me, all that not long ago, uh, I did not have the greatest relationship with the scripture. Um, where would you recommend folks starting? Yeah, that's a great question. I, you know, a lot of times uh, I'll hear students talk about uh, a Lenten penance, you know, and or somebody will say, uh, or even for the summer, I'm going to read the Bible cover to cover. <laughs> oh and, and the minute I hear that, I just want to say, stop. Please just stop. I, you know, but at the same time, I don't want to quelch any uh, or squelch any any 
you know, fervor, but you know, the Bible was never meant to be read cover to cover. It's just that's <laughs> it's not, not a novel. It's, it's not. not a, yeah. It's not. And uh, and so staying clear of those temptations. Um, also, I think staying clear of, um, you know, well, I only read the the Christian scriptures. You know, I I, mm. I can't you know read Deuteronomy. It's just I, I don't get it. You know, the the same way with anything else that we read, we have to recognize that. Our education, in order to read mm. more, you know, more deeply, is critical. And so, the only way that you learn more is by reading more, mm-hmm. right? And so, to answer your question about what's a good place to start, I always find that um, if you haven't read one of the Gospels um, from start to finish, I think that that's a really good mm-hmm. place to start. Of course, which gospel? Not John. You know, I, I, you know, I wouldn't. John is a beautiful gospel. I love uh, John's gospel. Some of my favorite gospel passages are from John's gospel. Mm-hmm. But I think if you haven't read scripture, that John's gospel is probably not your 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 launching place. Mm-hmm. You know, and certainly, you know, I think Matthew and Mark are great places to begin. I always recommend Luke though, because Luke has the infancy narratives, and mm-hmm. I think for people who haven't read scripture before sort of starting from Jesus's birth makes it a little bit more like a novel and so I would encourage reading either Matthew Mark or Luke Mm -hmm. first my second sort of go-to is the Acts of the Apostles I love the Acts of the Apostles and it just it shows how it's more of a story it is and so you you're captured at least by a Mm storyline that you can sort of follow through and so I think that helps a little bit but it also lets you see how people were uh, trying to put into practice this experience that they had had of, of Jesus of Nazareth. And, yeah. and so I think that has a powerfully compelling message. Um, in accord with that, I think the Hebrew scriptures are so rich, mm. so rich. And, um, and so I, I, I do believe that you've got to delve into those as well. And um, I, I'm a, I love the Psalms. I yeah. think the Psalms just... The Psalms reflect all of the human condition. Mm. You know, every human emotion, most human experiences can be found in in, in the Psalms. Mm-hmm. So, I would say, pray with the Psalms. Mm-hmm. You know, pray with the Psalms. Read maybe some other. You know, we we should always pray with all of Scripture. But if you're just sort of a novice to Scripture, yeah. um, and you're looking for a, a place to start praying with Scripture. Start with the Psalms. I think that they they evoke a lot. We could, this, you know, 20, 25 minute podcast. (laughs) Just on the Psalms? (laughs) Yeah, you know, gosh, just on each of the the books of Scripture. But, um, and, you know, what I'm outlining here isn't the only way. Yeah. There are tons of other ways to to sort of approach it, but uh, always in a spirit of prayer, always in a spirit of devotion, saying, Lord, speak to me. And, don't read it with the speed with which you read a John Grisham novel. Mm-hmm. You know, take a, you know, take a chapter or a part of a chapter yeah. and read it and let it sit. Mm-hmm. You know, and then you know we're not in a in a hurry here. We're, yeah. we're, we we've got some time. You know. Yeah, I found that um, I've actually started in my prayer time. Well, as long as I'm not around other people and disrupting them, but I like reading it aloud to myself because that makes me read it more slowly and words just strike me differently when I read them aloud, um, especially when there's dialogue or something. Um, sure, and I think 
allowing your own voice to be the voice of mm-hmm. God, I think there's a great reflection just in that. Mm-hmm. So we've spoken about Gospels and Acts. You're right, Acts is very narrative. I, I, I hadn't read it start to finish until fairly recently, and I loved it. You also get like a feel for um, like the chaos, but the excitement about spreading, um, you know, Jesus's word. And then you get to meet Paul too, a little bit. And he is a character, Mm -hmm. like very strong. He's very inspiring. I feel like you see a a little bit different side of him than in his own letters. Um, You you do. And and you see the backstory. I know. Yeah. yeah, The backstory that, I mean, I mean, we could talk about this a lot too. Like (laughs) how, how, how do the disciples trust Paul after he killed he killed Stephen? Yeah, he yeah. killed one of them. Right. How could they then trust him after that? That was crazy to sure, me. Sure, sure. Oh, really beautiful. So highly recommend. Go read it, guys. <laughs> <laughs> um, what are some different ways to, I find that like putting yourself into the story a little bit or meditating on certain chunks, what are some types of questions people could ask themselves as they are reading through scripture in order to kind of turn it into more of a prayer? Certainly, I think um, the Jesuit tradition has uh, taught us so much about that uh, that dynamic of uh, reflecting on Scripture by by sort of placing yourself in the story, mm-hmm. you know, and um, and so it, it it has this this capacity to allow you to own mm. the Scripture, and when I when I say own it, I mean make it your own, mm-hmm. um, such that. God's word isn't historically limited. Yeah. You know that that when when Jesus um, calmed the sea from the boat, you know, in that story in, in the gospel, where um, that wasn't a one-time event that we just to get to reflect upon and then think, wow, that would have been so cool to have been there, you know? Yeah. And they must have had it so much easier than we do. Mm-hmm. But rather, it, it the purpose of that inspired moment is, it, is its timelessness. Mm-hmm. And so when we place ourselves in the boat mm-hmm. with Jesus and we feel, literally, we feel the boat rocking mm-hmm. and tipping to the point that we're fearful that we may capsize mm-hmm. and we begin to place ourselves in that kind of dynamic and and as many of us maybe have had that experience mm-hmm. or more metaphorically when we have felt as if waves were crashing over yeah. our lives and we could not see clear through the storm mm-hmm. to to know that and and felt like Jesus was asleep on the watch yeah. you know he's laying there <laughs> on cushions hey wake up yeah. my life is crashing down here yeah. you know the minute we place ourselves in that mm-hmm. and then we hear his calming words mm-hmm. and then we 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 experience his soothing calming presence mm-hmm. then our lives in that moment are transformed mm-hmm. by the living word of god by the scripture and so that's where putting yourself in the moment yeah um can be so much more of a different dynamic than the study mm-hmm. of the word, mm-hmm. which people need to study scripture. Don't yeah. get me wrong. That's important. And, and there's a place for that. I just think praying the scripture where I immerse myself in mm-hmm. that, in the situation or in the experience, yeah. uh, it has infinitely uh, 
you know, more opportunity to be transformational. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just think, you know, of course, we're sitting here talking. We could do the the four-hour, you know, uh, <laughs> podcast on that. That's just, I, it's a great visual, mm-hmm. right? But there are so many other, you know, places where you you can put yourself in the, I always think of like uh, Zacchaeus who climbs a oh. tree in yeah. John's gospel and, and to look at Jesus mm-hmm. or I think of the hemorrhaging, the hemorrhaging woman, woman. Reaches if I could out to just, just touch, touch him, him mm-hmm. if I could just touch, you know, things like that. When you put yeah. yourself in those, yeah. in those passages, oh my gosh, mm-hmm. it just, it transforms. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, we're out of time today, but we, I'm going to no, put, in no, the sh- let's go. Let's keep going. <laughs> I'm going to put in the show notes, some, um, some good resources for how to, uh, dive into scripture a little bit more in your personal prayer time um, that I've, I've found helpful and useful. So, well, thank you, Father Mike. Thank you, Emma. I, I, I still feel very energized about this conversation. I would really like to keep talking about this. So maybe we'll have to do a part two part at two. some point. That's right. Well, well, maybe we'll do like favorite Bible passages Ooh, or something like that. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Favorite people in scripture Ooh, to envision yourself as. Exactly. <laughs> Who am I most like? Uh, uh, don't I answer don't, that. Don't answer that. <laughs> It's not going to be one of the good guys, Mary no, or no, Jesus no, or whatever. No, no, no. Um, but yeah, so thank you. And thank you all for joining us for another great episode of Friarside Chats. Email us anytime with your thoughts, questions you might have, or suggestions for future episodes. You can email me directly at erm13 at duke.edu. For more information about the ministry of the Duke Catholic Center, visit us at catholic.duke.edu. Friarside Chats is supported by some really awesome, wonderful people. Many generous donors, students, parents, alumni, and friends of Duke just like you. To learn how you can support Friarside Chats or any other ministry of the Duke Catholic Center, visit catholic.duke.edu backslash support. Thanks so much, you guys. See you next time on Friarside Chats.